0: from the midwest in the midwest many of life's very complex questions can be answered simply yep and nope even at a wedding the priest will say do you take so and so to have and hold to this day forward to death you part and the person will say i do and then from that day forward love and affection and appreciation is demonstrated by perfectly-cut lines of grass. Cars waxed on the weekends. The driveway washed off. So, when my brother-in-law died in a fiery plane crash in Afghanistan two years ago, my sister's lawn looked great. My dad cut the hell out of that lawn. When I heard about the plane crash, I had to get on an airplane from here in Anchorage and fly to the Midwest, where I was raised with my six brothers and sisters. And when I got there, I got a rental car, and I drove to our old farmhouse where my brother lives. And when he saw me, he said my name. And then he hugged me really tight. And then we looked at each other because we didn't know what to say. And then we put on a pot of coffee. That's what you do. Now, my brother-in-law was working as a contractor, flying MRAP vehicles and Hummers out of Afghanistan because of the military drawdown. Because he was a contractor, the military handled this crash mostly like they would any other military casualty. So a few days into this terrible nightmare, my sister got an invitation to fly to Dover Air Force Base, to witness what the military calls a dignified transfer of my brother-in-law's remains. Well, in most commercial crashes, it's quite normal for the companies to fly families to or near the crash site for daily briefings and press events. Well, fortunately for us, this happened in Afghanistan, and nobody was going to send us to Afghanistan. But at that moment, Dover Air Force Base, seemed about as far as Afghanistan. And, I mean, what a horrifying thought to send my sister out there. Who would go with her, my parents? Wow, who would support them? I grew up as the oldest daughter in a big family on a farm in the Midwest. I feel very responsible for my family. I mean, I helped raise my brothers and sisters. I held my sister when she was a baby, taking care of her in the middle of the night when she was awake crying. In the days I'd been home with my family, I learned to experience them more than I ever had before. I needed to be touching them, skin to skin. We slept in a pile on the floor together, my brothers and sisters and I. I called it a pig pile. We got used to breaking down crying while doing boring tasks, like making the coffee and sweeping the floor and pouring cereal. That was what we did, because we couldn't have it any other way. We learned to say, I love you when people were just walking out to take out the trash. That was a new way for us. We'd never been this real to each other before. We were a collective grief-stricken mess. A couple days into this, we got a request for the first name, last name, middle initial, social security number of any family members that were planning on going to Dover Air Force Base. Well, I noticed... They didn't put any top-off number on that request. So I did exactly what I thought I should do as the oldest daughter of that family, and I put down everyone's name. Because everyone wanted to go. By this time, we'd been together for every minute of this. And if something happened to all of us while we were flying to Dover, some macabre thing to that airplane, fuck it. We were going to be together. And so... My mom and my dad and my brother-in-law's mom and dad and his brother and his cousins and their baby and my little kid-nieces and nephews and my big kid-nieces and nephews and our spouses and my brothers and sisters, we were all going on the freakiest family trip ever. (laughs) But we're from the Midwest, so we made the best of it. We got popcorn and snacks and games and crafts, People magazines and this damn it doll, and, by the way, two growlers of beer because we didn't have to go through security. It was a private plane, so we loaded up. They loaded us last. They put our entire family in the back. Don't blame them. We had to actually walk past all the other families that were also families of victims from that crash. I did not raise my eyes from the floor of the airplane. We sat in the back. We had a great time. We met the flight attendants. We found out the airplane was used for NFL stars and movie stars. We felt pretty cool. We ate all the free snacks, and we arrived in Dover without incident, and we boarded a military bus in an orderly fashion. And then we spent hours hanging out together in that hurry-up-and-wait fashion the military is so good at. I hung out with my family in the Center for Families of the Fallen, and we met the chaplains. We ate granola bars and had more coffee, And we got to meet the volunteers who knitted these shawls and scarves for families struggling with grief, like ours, I guess. About 12 hours into this really long day, it was about 11 o'clock at night, we were suddenly rounded up and ushered onto buses. And we were transported to the airfield where we met this single white Atlas cargo airplane that had just landed from Afghanistan. It was lit up stark against the night with these military-issued floodlights, and the cargo door was gaping open. Eight by eight, soldiers lifted each steel coffin box, moving in syncopation. All you could hear was the flapping of coats as the wind seemed to Come up in a big swirl from out over the Atlantic somewhere and screamed across the tarmac, sort of getting into our bones. As we watched, we were pushing each other together to stand up straight. I was clutching onto my father so tightly. I could feel life pulsing through us, but at the moment, it took all of us together to be able to stand up against the wind and against the grief. We watched the soldiers as they carefully moved each box to the low-barked orders of their leader. And they took each box, placing it on a truck with rollers. And after each one, their commander said, Present arms! And we covered our hearts, and they saluted. And then, my brother-in-law was home.